I think this is kind of this where we've gotten lost as a society as well. We put such an emphasis on the attention versus the connection. And we mistake connection for love. We mistake attention for validation. And as long as we're getting that attention or even maybe even a distraction, then we don't really have to think about ourselves and our thoughts and our feelings and all of these things that we have to really deal with either consciously or subconsciously daily. Well, hello, my lovely listeners, and welcome to another episode of Overshare with me, Genevieve, your guide on your journey to self-actualization, your mindset mentor, and I am so grateful that you decided to spend some time with me today to hit that mindset reset button. And today, well, two things, y'all. So first is the topic of the show, which is finding connection in the sea of loneliness that is the social norm here in the United States. So we're going to be talking about the loneliness epidemic and how we can find true genuine connection amidst all of that and the other thing is i'm very excited today because it's a solo episode and it's overshare's 40th episode y'all i'm so excited (laughs) and i'm glad that you are here to share it with me and share this space with me and we're going to be talking about spaces today and how that comes into play with loneliness and just all of the things i'm like i said i'm very excited and just to touch again on Overshare's 40th episode. Wow, y'all. I just having a genuine, honest moment with with all of you because I, I look back and I just don't really know how it happened and how I got here. And in a way I do. And we're going to talk about that, about paradoxes and all of the things too that, that relates to the topic of the show today. But I just I just really want to express my gratitude for all of you that, that tune in consistently and listen and are really wanting to level up on your awareness and use mindset tools to make yourselves better people and ultimately the world a better place, which is the ultimate goal of this show and just kind of giving space to people to share their vulnerabilities and their stories and make everyone that listens and tunes in realize that you are not alone. And that's what we're talking about today is loneliness. So let's jump into it. Why not? Why waste any more time? Let's go ahead and do mindset vocabulary, my my lovely people. So let's talk about this because I thought this was really interesting. And if you haven't been able to tell already, this has been kind of rolling around in my brain quite, quite consistently for me to go ahead and just put put this episode out there. So there are only really two words that define being alone. So those two words are loneliness and solitude. And I, you know, I've listened to Jay Shetty and I listened to this episode on On Purpose, which is his podcast, which is amazing, by the way. You definitely should check it out. And he had Brian Chesky, who's the co-founder and the CEO of Airbnb. Now, put your feelings aside for Airbnb or however, whatever you think about the company or capitalism or any of those things. But really listening to this guy talk about his journey and how he battled with loneliness was was really eye-opening to me and also of course Jay Shetty's definition of loneliness and solitude right and loneliness is 
kind of a stressful state for people. Solitude is kind of the opposite. The the par- not the paradox, but the other side of the coin, right? It's you're alone, but you're more at peace with yourself. You've kind of gotten to a place where you're able to feel comfortable. So I, I wanted to make the distinction. And also with that too, y'all, don't think that being lonely or admitting that you're lonely is a, is a weakness or it's a bad thing. I, and I really think too, the stigma of being lonely, our society has created this enemy out of it. They made loneliness an enemy as a sign of weakness, right? That if we're not surrounded by a ton of people or, you know, we don't have, you know, 50 plus people show up to our birthday party or our birthday dinner or our event or our celebration, then, you know, it's bad or it we're, we're quote unquote, we're losers or we're unpopular. And I think that that has really been a condition of society or we've been conditioned by society to feel that way. And I mean, we, we can all resonate with that, right? Right. We can all kind of relate to that because I've heard it time and time again. I mean, even even when people talk about their funerals, they and I know you guys have heard it where they say, oh, well, I just I hope that, you know, I don't have two or three people just there at my funeral. You know, I want a packed room. I want I want people there to mourn me more uh, celebrate my life and all of these things. And, you know, I really thought about that today. And I think it's I think our attention is misplaced, y'all. Because you could be in a room full of 100 people, 200 people, 1,000 people, and still feel lonely. And I think this is where we kind of lose our grasp on the distinction between loneliness and solitude. And y'all, let me, I'm, I don't even try and think that it isn't hard to get lost in the, the ability for us to connect. But the quality of that connection, I think, is where people are losing themselves and they're finding themselves feeling more and more lonely and especially here in the United States I'm definitely going to talk about how different it is in other places when we get into uh, tips tools and tricks for your for your mindset for this kind of this issue if you are out there feeling lonely and you are out there feeling sad and maybe even depressed you know and I do want to talk about the fact that being lonely has a huge impact on our mental and physical health and I think more and more research is being done about it now than ever of course in the you know the highway of technology that we're on it's just ever it's it's constantly moving it's it's always from one thing to the next and it's how do we get more advanced how do we use ai how do we do all these things technology based and yeah that's out there right and i was thinking about this too y'all what a paradox it is that we have a loneliness epidemic in the United States, but we have access to people's lives literally at our fingertips. We can go onto somebody's Instagram page and look at little snippets of their life or their TikTok or their social, whatever social media they use or the news, or we read about celebrities and we kind of have this little window into their lives and we think that that is a connection. But it, see, it's, it's, it's really not. It, again, we go back to it's not just about connection. It's about the value of the connection itself. And it still goes back to the idea of the whole funeral example that I just gave earlier. Or even if you want to go not so morbid and think about maybe your birthday party or your birthday dinner. And if you invite 50 people and only five show up, how are you going to feel? Right. There's kind of this sense of inadequacy about that. And this is this is my my piece of advice here is that you got to do the work on the front end to to really be okay with yourself 
And this is also the whole paradox of this thing too, because how do you cure loneliness and how do you get connected? How do you reconnect with yourself and and establish really authentic connections to other people is to be by yourself. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a minute. And I, I know that sounds a little bit out there and it may bring some discomfort to your ears, but there's really no way around that. Because if I go back to the funeral example or the birthday example, I would rather invite four people that I know genuinely care about me that really I've established a deep genuine connection with and pretty much know that they are going to show up I'm going to value those four people versus 50 and I think this is kind of this where we've gotten lost as a society as well we put such an emphasis on the attention versus the connection and we mistake connection for love we mistake attention for validation and as long as we're getting that attention or even maybe even a distraction, then we don't really have to think about ourselves and our thoughts and our feelings and all of these things that we have to really deal with either consciously or subconsciously daily. So I do want to bring it back to loneliness in general, since that is what we're talking about. I feel like I'm like going in a circular chaotic loop here with all of this stuff. But really the only thing I have today for mindset vocabulary is loneliness versus solitude, because I do want to make that distinction and that it's okay to be lonely and it's okay to admit that you're lonely and you're not alone alone in that. And I feel like people are confused and they want to understand how to get out of that, to get out of that cycle, to get out of that feeling. And they don't really know where to turn. And I think they turn to things that they think will help them, but I think it's only making it worse. And also too, I don't think that we realize, or I think we're just starting to realize maybe a better way to put it is the impact that loneliness can have on our mental and physical health. And I brought this up because I was, you know, digging around for, you know, stuff to talk about. Not that that's hard for me to find, but I've came across some research studies that Vivek Murthy did who Vivek if you don't know who he who he is he's the Surgeon General of the United States but he's done a lot of research on the strong association between loneliness and mortality rates here in the United States and what he found was that the lifespan of people who are lonely are significantly shorter and comparable to someone who has smoked cigarettes all their lives that rate of mortality people are dying sooner they're dying earlier basically this why I'm bringing the study up is because I don't really think that people understand the effects physically and mentally loneliness can have on someone and how by doing the work and spending some time to really develop genuine connections, you're bettering your overall health in every way, mental health, physical health, everything. So I just like I said, I, I wanted to point it out and y'all, it's really hard. It's not an easy thing. And I just wanted to put it out there that you guys are not alone with it. You, and I've I've struggled with this. I struggled with this after my divorce, which I'm sure a lot of people out there have, have gone through. The ending of a relationship and having to mourn a relationship and entering a new phase in their life and not really being sure of what that's going to look like. And this idea of the unknown and how scary it can be when you've kind of been in this nice little cocoon of routine every single day with the person that you thought you were going to be with forever and on and on and on and on and on, all those things, right? And to realize that that's over, like that chapter's over. There's so many layers of grief, of pain, of anger. And I'm not saying that I'm wishing pain, anger, 
anger and grief on anyone. But I, what I will say is that all of those things really catapult you or maybe even force you to kind of sit with yourself and realize how you feel and what those feelings mean and how you're going to use those feelings to do different things in your life. So let's let's get into let's get into mindset tools today too tips, tools, and tricks to reconnect. And this may, like I mentioned it earlier, this may sound a little bit uncomfortable for y'all, but the best way to reconnect with other people genuinely and to kind of relieve that feeling of loneliness is to be by yourself. <laughs> and not not everyone is willingly going to do that. And I've really come across a lot of people that would rather develop or stay in something unhealthy than have to deal with being by themselves and look I am no one to judge I am no one to say I don't get that you shouldn't be doing that that's not what that's not what this episode is for it's to to kind of give you the little bit of courage to realize that on the other side of that is or are amazing things y'all there are so many things out on the other side of that pain and that grief and that sitting in discomfort because if you don't go through that if you aren't happy with your own thoughts and your own company how are you going to add or another person to that? How are you going to add another human being in the equation? Because it's never going to be enough if you aren't happy with your own kind of self-dialogue, which we're going to talk about in a minute, and being content with your own com- your own company, taking yourself out on dates or taking pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone or keeping promises to yourself. All those things come into play. And the more you do those things, the more you do hard things for yourself and because of yourself and for yourself, you're able to kind of see what you're going to tolerate and what you're not going to tolerate what are your boundaries what is your worth you're you're self-validating at that point because you i look if you want to go into one relationship to the next or have 200 friends or have 41 million followers on instagram you know and this may be an unpopular opinion i am gonna just i'm still gonna say it i noticed that on the news that they had to do a welfare check on britney spears because she was dancing around with nine and regardless of the whole knives aspect of it if you look at if you look at Britney Spears Instagram most of her videos are her dancing by herself alone in her apartment uh, well her not her apartment her beautiful probably multi-million dollar home and she's got 41 million followers on Instagram y'all 41 million 41 just uh, that blows my mind to think about the power the 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 power of the amount of influence and power she has to yield or that she yields over the that many people to you know put whatever content she wants out there and it's gonna hit that many people it's gonna come across their feed and this is what we're getting we're getting a lonely person who's isolated dancing around with knives at this point in her multi-million dollar home and it's again you see the hot the kind of the emphasis on the paradox there it's she's got all these followers she's got all this money she's got everything really you probably could think that you would want in your life right a successful career and look i know that she went through all that stuff with a conservatorship and I'm, i'm not saying that her life was perfect but when you think about what people really sit there and say okay this is what i need to be happy i need money to be happy i need a relationship to be happy i need children to be happy i need uh, a big beautiful house to be happy i need all these things then she's she's gotten it and yeah she's she struggled and 
I think that whole idea of autonomy over her life has has been challenged, which is a whole no, it's a whole that's a whole nother episode. But we're talking about or what I was just trying to highlight is her current mental state and she's a very well-known, popular, rich, successful woman and I, when I see when I look at her Instagram, I really see someone who is lonely and who really is trying to and has been trying to really establish genuine connections all her life. And I feel that a lot of people one look at that because I think one they can relate to it and two because it's almost like a train wreck. I don't want to say that in in a negative connotation because look, we've all been there, okay? Maybe not dancing around with knives but we've all felt that lonely and she just unfortunately has 41 million people looking at her life and criticizing her life and you know I'm sure it's not easy but it just really it just really resonated with me when I you know went to go look at it and just kind of take in how many people actually look at it and and to see where she's at and just see her dancing alone in her house I just it's it and I feel like that's an example of what's going on generally across the whole entire society of our good old United States of America right now. I, I think that the value that we've placed in social media and just the the way that social media has hacked into our dopamine systems is worse than actual drugs. And I think that we're all addicted to social media. I think we're all addicted to the the, the hype and the, the dopamine hits and us chasing that. And these systems are made to do that, right? This TikTok is made to keep you on that platform as long as possible. And not only that, but to kind of condition your brain to say, okay, if I'm not going to get what I need in two to three, not even minutes, 30 to 60 seconds, like I'm just, I'm going to swipe up and I'm going to swipe up and I'm going to swipe up. And that's not, that's not just TikTok. That's any social media platform. That's dating platforms too. Swipe left, swipe right. I mean, it's instantaneous. Like we're not giving our brains a moment to be able to process all of these things and how our brain talks to our body and I, like I want to talk about that too because thoughts are the language of your brain like that's that's how your brain talks to you and the way you feel is that's the way your body is talking to you so how we think and how we feel creates our state of being and y'all, that's not me. That's that's totally Joe Dispenza that came up with that kind of that language. But again, how we think and how we feel creates our state of being. But we we live in a society where we don't I don't think our brain and our body are talking to each other. Right. Because we don't have an opportunity to and the systems that rule our lives don't really let us or don't allow us space to be able to process those things. One, our thoughts and two, our feelings. And even like the third step is to like how those two communicate with each other. And I think this is the problem. This is the problem right now. And I think this is why people feel so alone because it becomes so uncomfortable to just sit and not be stimulated in some way, shape or form. And it's so uncomfortable that people are willing to go out and be in a toxic relationship to avoid that feeling, to drink, to be, to avoid being in that feeling or to gamble or to shop or to doom scroll. So many possibilities to be able to numb those feelings or those or shut you know quiet those thoughts are available to us that we're just we're feeding into it and then when we're in a state where we're not even aware of it we're just doing it then we 
turn around and we still feel lonely. And we're kind of talking to ourselves and saying, well, why do I feel lonely if I have A, B, C, D, E, and F? I have, you know, a great job and I have a nice house and I have a wonderful family and I have wonderful kids and I have a wonderful partner or whatever, all those things that are in your life. And people turn around and they still feel alone or lonely. I'm going to rephrase to say lonely. So what can you do, right? So I, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. The one number one that you the number one thing that you could do is spend time alone. And not just spend time alone scrolling on your phone, spend time alone doing something distracting. When I say spend time alone, I mean to sit with yourself in silence without inst- without any stimulation. Nothing. And I know that sounds absolutely horrible for most people. And you can equate this to to meditation or you can call it meditation. You could call it spending time by yourself. But I mean, no external stimulation, nothing, just really sitting with yourself and listening to what your thoughts are, how they're coming into your brain, how they're making you feel. And the other thing I I would recommend would be to get a journal out or, you know, get a piece of paper out, whatever, a notepad, whatever you want to do. And as thoughts are coming out of your brain, just write it down write it. I mean, even if it's, I hate doing this. I don't feel comfortable. This is awful. I'm bored. Whatever comes out first, write it down. And the more that you do that, you'll start to see what things are really prevalent in your subconscious. And I think this is what happens too. We sucked into the routine. We get sucked into the monotony of our daily lives and our daily to-dos. And we lose kind of the, the gratitude for one. And the second thing is the idea that there is more out there. There are more things out there in the world. There are more experiences. There's more opportunities to be a better person and give and serve and love and genuinely try and go out there and find connections with people. I can say too, just from personal experience, that being alone for me was absolutely horrible at first. And again, going back to after, you know, my marriage ended and and all of that, because y'all, it's only been three years. And, you know, it's still, I had this kind of moment maybe about a week ago or something like that when I was sitting and just, again, trying to just listen to myself, listen to the self-dialogue and really process how I felt. And it was kind of this light bulb moment where I didn't feel anxious anymore because I was by myself. And I didn't even realize that it had happened. It was kind of in that meditative state or me actually taking the time to give myself some space that I was able to realize how my body was feeling, how my central nervous system was more calm, how I didn't feel this state of anxiousness. Because, yo, loneliness is a stressful state. You tend to turn inward. And again, that's the distinction between loneliness and solitude. And I think that that was my kind of my progression and my light bulb moment to realize, oh, my gosh, like, yes, I'm I'm alone and I'm in solitude right now, but I don't feel feel lonely anymore. And that feeling, the only thing I can tell you is that there's nothing more validating than that. I get a little emotional about it because it's it was such a hard thing to overcome and and to look back and realize how I was 3 years ago when the even the idea of being by myself just spiked my cortisol levels, my anxiety, my central nervous system was like just absolutely out of whack, even at the thought of having to be by myself. And this is what I'm saying. There's so many things around us that are limiting us to, well, not maybe not limiting, but there are easier avenues to take than to be by yourself. And I can only sit here and tell you that on the other side of those, you know, the discomfort and the pain and the crying and the smiling and the laughing and figuring out like what your thoughts are telling you and 
how they make you feel is just it's a feeling of peace and it's a feeling of regulated central nervous system and a feeling of calmness and a feeling of just serenity and it just it really makes you realize how worthy you are just to be you just to exist just to be in the world just to open your eyes every morning just to realize that there's so many things that you're able to feel think and do so all those things kind of come together and the infinite possibilities of all those things they they start to make you excited they they start to make you optimistic they start to make you have more gratitude and i just really hope that if you are lonely right now and you don't know what to do that you kind of just take some time to really listen to your your thoughts and listen to your self dialogue and i you know i i was thinking about this too y'all cuz one of the points i have here for the tips tools and tricks is to to meditate and i say that quite a bit but i really kind of how annoying that might be on the other side you know for y'all to hear that for me constantly to say oh you just need to meditate you just need to meditate and not that I'm saying that meditation is not an absolute wonderful tool to be able to gain some peace in your life or maybe to regulate your your central nervous system but I, I wanted to be clear about this in this episode and this may be controversial too but you're not gonna find peace in meditation and I think that the, that's where people get confused they think that they can sit down in their living room or their bedroom for 10 minutes and um and and be quiet and light their incense and then that's it then they're just gonna go and have their day and just because they did that meditation for 10 minutes that it's going to change their lives and look again if you're in a highly anxious highly stressed state i do believe that meditation is going to kind of bring that down a level it's going to turn the dial down but beyond that meditation is not going to be the solution to your your anxiety to your loneliness to your unhappiness what meditation is there for is to create the space for you to listen to yourself your thoughts, right? And then to be able to make a plan. What is the plan? What is going to be the behavior that is going to change after you've given your body and your brain the space to really listen to each other, talk to each other, and then take action. See, and this is what, this is the other thing too. I think people are just limiting themselves to just one practice, one thing. And yeah, you could meditate every day for 10 minutes or, you know, four hours. But what you do when you get up from that, state of meditation is really what's gonna change your life and change your state of being and change your your sense of peace and your sense of calmness and just your sense of worth too so i i wanted to point that out because no matter what y'all my lovely listeners you're gonna have feelings and i know you don't like to hear that you don't like to hear it you don't you don't you said i don't want and i don't i don't really like talking about feelings either i'm just i'm not i know i have them every day and this is the same thing you're gonna have feelings and you're gonna have thoughts that come into your brain every single day no matter what and your feelings are subjective right they're yours they're your feelings how you feel about it they're they're your thoughts And that's what it is. And they're through your perspective. But when you reflect, your reflection should be objective, right? And I've, I've said it quite often on, on the show that feelings aren't facts. 
And it's, I still stand by that statement. I'm not saying that your feelings don't matter, but how you're going to react and what your behavior will be based on those feelings are, those are two different things. And that's where the growth can happen. The more that you spend time by yourself, the more that you put the phone down, the more that you're able to open your mind to the new possibility of different, like I said, different endeavors, different activities, different hobbies, different passions. And if you're if you're kind of out there listen, listening to this and thinking, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I, you know, I, I have no idea. Like, I just I go to work and I do what I have to do. And that that's what it is. That's what my life is. The only thing I can really recommend for you too, which really helped me is to go out there and provide provide service to someone do something for somebody else. Because if you're going out there and, I don't know, volunteering at a soup kitchen or, you know, going to your local theater and volunteering or any, anything like that, y'all, whatever kind of really speaks to you, what do you enjoy doing? Again, you, you kind of have to go back to step one with the self-dialogue and listen to yourself and listen to kind of what makes you feel good and what kind of soothes your your central nervous system and, and your brain and, and your soul and all of these things. And kind of what really speaks to you and kind of go out there and, and give because that practice of giving is not only gonna one be wonderful for society but two it's gonna re it's gonna validate your worthiness and when I say that it's gonna highlight the fact that oh my gosh like I'm capable of being able to give this dot 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 to somebody else or do this dot 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 for someone else or to create space for someone else and I've said it too quite often in some of my other episodes is it's like it's not about accommodating other people it's about creating space for everyone and I think the more that we're able to do that it will just I, I don't know I, I really believe that our mentality and our level of mental health here in the United States is going to change I you know I keep saying that but I just I don't know so that's another piece of advice or another mindset tool that I, I really recommend is just get out there and do something for somebody else the other thing that I also recommend for y'all to do is to limit your time on your 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 phone and your your electronic devices. Now, do I say put your phone away and never look at it again? No. What I mean is make some some limitations for yourself as to when and how you will use your phone. Okay. And I think this has really helped me too. I've made a rule for myself where I don't look at my phone for the first two, like two to three hours in the morning when I wake up, just because I just, it's just so much. I don't even put the TV on anymore in the morning. It's, it's just complete silence when I wake up in the morning and I, sometimes I meditate, sometimes I don't, I'm not going to lie about that. You know, I, and like I said, meditation could be, you know, you really listening to yourself when you go walk your dog in the morning. Like I have to go walk my dog every morning. It doesn't mean sitting on a pillow in the middle of your living room with incense burning. It just means that you're actually taking some time to listen to your thoughts and your feelings and figuring out how your day is going to go, what you're going to be grateful for, what actions you're going to take that day to give and provide service to other people. All of those things come into play. And I just really think that making the rule, and maybe I shouldn't say rule, but maybe just like a limit or a boundary for myself and keeping to it has really improved my, one, my my ability to know that, oh, like my my mental health and my sense of peace is, is one, it's a priority. And two, it's a promise that I made to myself and I kept. And the more that you're able to do that, the more that you're able to realize that whatever you do, even if it is alone, that you're still going to be happy, that you're still going to be content, that you're still going to 
to be able to know that you're validated and that you're worthy and all of these things that we talk about on the show. So that's another kind of thing I I would recommend. And also too, once you start limiting your your time on your de- your you know your devices, your laptop, your your phone and all the things. And y'all, come on. I mean, if you have like a 9 to 5 or whatever, we're looking at a screen all day long. That's the other thing too. It's just like it's hard to get away from that because of the conditioning and just the society that we live in. But putting that aside, just kind of make some rules for yourself. Like maybe you don't want to have your phone in your bedroom when you go to sleep at night. Maybe that's your rule or maybe you don't have your phone with you at the dinner table with your family when you're eating dinner and let me tell you just too like as a single person whenever I and this is another practice that I that I've been doing as well is that when I'm out with someone and I'm at dinner with someone my phone is not even on the table okay because you you may think oh, I'm just gonna put it to the side and that's good enough but it's not good enough because y'all like our phones are so insidious like it's even though it's like on the edge of the table there's a part of our subconscious brain that is like oh is it gonna light up like am I gonna get a text message am I gonna get a notification even though it may not be at the forefront of your brain like it's still in the back of our brain because of just how dependent we are on our phones and that has been one of my practices too, is just to actually just put it away, put it in my purse, put it in my my pocket, put it away completely out of view so that I am actually fully present with that person to give them my time, my attention, my gratitude, all of that. And just so that they feel seen, they feel heard. And people really respond to that. I promise you. And it again, it's that kind of idea that you're creating a genuine connection and you feel um, re-energized after that interaction versus, you know, you're all over the place. You're, you know, thinking about this or ta- you know, doing t- 20 million things. And I've even done that now when I actually talk to people on the phone where I'm just actually talking to them on the phone, not doing 20 other million things at the same time while I'm talking to them. And, you know, it, it, it not only it, it doesn't only make it better for me, it makes it better for the other person in, in the same in the same vein. So that's another kind of mindset tool to put in your back pocket and use and and try out. It may work for you. It's worked for me. And the last thing I kind of just wanted to put out there is that I really challenge you, especially if you're if you're single or you're you don't even have to be single to do this, but I really challenge you to travel by yourself. And I I just recently went to Europe. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because the, the, the way I have it listed here for my mindset tool is to open your mind. And I think that, you know, the practical side of that would be to go somewhere new or to see another place or to travel somewhere else or maybe to even live somewhere else. And, you know, I I've spent about three weeks in Europe. And the only thing I can tell you all is that my mind was absolutely blown. And, you know, I've been to Europe before, but this was the first time I went to Spain and I just the sheer volume of connectedness and community that exists in the you know the two places that I went to were Barcelona and Madrid but mainly Barcelona and not even just the people but just the societal structures and the places that existed physically for people to come together were mind-boggling and just how nurturing the environment was for connections to be established across social norms class all of that people have a lot of space to walk around they have parks they have squares at every corner 
in a lot of the neighborhoods that you walk around in, they have playgrounds where play where you don't think playgrounds would be, like in the middle of a street. They've they've been able to create kind of a, a play space for children, and you know, twenty feet away, there's there's a there's a, an area where you know parents can sit and and grab a drink and you know watch their kids play twenty feet away. And this happens every day, y'all. Every day, there's not this sense of hustle and bustle and moving from one thing to the next. And what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? There's this kind of, there's this calmness over there that is just, it really speaks to something that I read about uh, the other day where of this economist, his name is Raj Shetty. He's the professor at Harvard, but he's also just he's like the director of opportunity insights what a job right the the director of opportunity but basically he's done a lot of research that applies like big data tools to like massive economic geographic and demographic data sets right so they're able to kind of zero in on variables like race education and income to see kind of how neighborhoods function and what makes neighborhoods function better (laughs) generally speaking and you know he he really emphasized the importance of third Third places, and if you're not familiar with that, third places are the the place that isn't your home or work. So if you kind of sit there, and I challenge y'all to think about that here in America, like what third spaces that are not that we don't have to pay for, what what third spaces really exist? And I I am in my fishbowl of uh, Dallas, so you know maybe in other cities in the United States they're doing a better job at this, but third spaces here in the United States are dwindling. You know if you think back, 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 back where there like our third space we used to be you know going to church every Sunday that used to be huge with just kind of our societal norm and it may it may be still be the same I yeah I don't know I'm, I'm not trying to it's just an example of I think more people really embrace that not only for a religious thing but as a social thing where everyone no matter what class you were what race you were uh anything like that it didn't matter because everybody went to church everybody got dressed up and put on their Sunday best and showed up and they talked to each other and they brought brought you know a, a cake and they discussed their lives and they had that that connection that genuine connection every Sunday and my point is is that I think that those third places are really dwindling here in the United States and I think it's contributing to, to loneliness so how is this a mindset tool well one is for you to actually think about this two is to actually get out there and just travel and see some other places in the world to realize that what we have here is not, again, full disclosure, this is my opinion. I just, I don't think we're doing it right, y'all. I just don't. I I think we could be doing so much better. And I think that we're unwilling to be uncomfortable. And we're so addicted to the convenience of things right now that we're willing to sacrifice our authenticity and our integrity and our ability to really connect and be vulnerable with each other because of those things. And y'all, those are fake. All those things are fake. They're not real. Social media is not real. It's a a world that's created based on data sets and algorithms and numbers and views and clicks and likes and dopamine hits that are not. It's just about the attention that can be brought to one person, right? So my mindset tool, and this is the last one, is I encourage you to show up as yourself in whatever platform that speaks to you. If if it is the internet, it's the internet. I don't care. I'm on TikTok. I'm on all these things. But the the, the difference is, is that really 
my social media intake has really changed since I've started this podcast because the types of things that I'm looking at now are very filtered to, well, how can I use this for the podcast? How is this going to improve my mindset? How is this going to be a mindset tool that I'm going to be able to share with someone else? How am I going to be able to use this, this kind of feature to make my social media for the podcast better? And you start to see the world through that that, I don't know, not barrier, but you start to kind of filter down your your experience and your perspective from this massive sea of data and information and people and all of these things, you start to be able to see it and utilize it to your advantage. And when you do that, I think that it's being more purposeful. You're being more purposeful. And I think it's giving you what you need in order to feel better, think better and do better. So that's, I know it's, that's, y'all, I could talk about this for forever, but I, I, like I said, it really, it really spoke to me. I just, I, I hope that it really kind of resonated with you. And if you are feeling lonely, try some of those, those things out. And the first thing would be just to go out and just spend some time with yourself. Okay. I promise. I promise that even though if you feel uncomfortable, it's going to pass. It's just a feeling. It's not a fact. It'll, it'll, the more you do it, the better it'll get. Okay. So make sure y'all to, I mentioned earlier that like I'm back on TikTok. I've, I've kind of found my, my footing again with it. And I hope that you check it out because I think that I've been doing a little bit better. No, I have been doing better with it and I'm still on Facebook, Instagram. And you know, if, if this episode really resonated with you, make sure to share or send it to somebody today that needs to hear it, especially if you know somebody that's feeling lonely. And I just, I really appreciate y'all spending some time with me today, like I said earlier. And y'all, I just, I'm wishing y'all just a really, really purposeful and productive week, month, day, minute, hour, all of the things. So just make sure that you stay tuned and y'all check out my, uh, my episode on, on Spotify. If you listen for Spotify, cause I've been putting some like QAs and polls on the episode just to kind of gauge your, your, your feelings <laughs> and your thoughts. Like we talked about today. So check it out. I, I always love to hear from y'all and I just, it really helps me kind of figure out what, what people are dealing with, what people are trying to push through and be better at, have better mindset tools to grapple with the hard, the hard things of life that we inevitably have to deal with. So just stay tuned, y'all. I'm, I'm here. And like I said, I, uh, I'm just, I'm really excited for the things that are to come. And I'm just really, uh, like I said, grateful that you're on the journey with me. So with that, my lovely listeners, I wishing you a lot of good vibes and purpose and intention. And remember to always speak your truth fiercely and with vulnerability. And as always, the light within me honors the light within you. 